Hello, Predator Minute listeners. Jeff and I recorded a long conversation about coronavirus and teaching in Washington State. You can find that conversation at the end of this week's episode after the outro music. Rapid. That's your title right there. What's that? Coronavirus and toilet paper? Yeah. Play yeah. Episode? I, I think the episode's more like Dylan is dis- disarmed. If I'm gonna, because his arm is blown off, and the name of the track on the soundtrack for this movie, track track, where his arm is blown off, is literally called "Dylan is Disarmed." It's pretty funny. I know, I like that. Yeah, that makes me happy. Yeah, sense of humor and um, soundtrack world. Cool. All right, so you ready to start? Mm Mm-hmm. Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast that is still out there, still blasting in your earbuds. And it's all about how we break down the 1987 action sci-fi classic Predator one minute at a time. I'm John Zabriskie. (coughs) I'm Jeff Glover. (laughs) Classy. (laughs) And today we're talking minute 74 of Predator. Here we are, John. Here we are, Jeff. So we're we're still alive and kicking. I know it's uh, been kind of an intermittent release schedule over the last couple of weeks, but there's some circumstances around that. We've had a lot going on, people. Yeah. Uh, you, you regular listeners know that John and I are from the Pacific Northwest. We live here, and this uh, is apparently the epicenter of the U.S. coronavirus outbreak. So things have been a little... Uh, off the wall around here. A little bit crazy. Yeah. We're, we're both teachers as well. So anything publicly released and (laughs) where the governor might be, I don't know, officially ordering public employees to do something. We have to do that. We do. We do. And we did it. We did it. We did it by not doing anything. We did it. Yep. Governor Inslee says, shut them down. Shut them all down. Shut them down. No, shut them all down. Hurry. So, Oh. Here's here's what I don't understand. Can I can I quickly tell you a little story here? A little tangential, if you will. A tangential story. Sure. Uh, okay. I was the, so I was at the grocery store the other day, and people in the Northwest have a, a habit of overreacting to bad news, bad weather. If, if a little bit of snow falls, all of a sudden, all the canned goods fly off the shelves, right? Yep. Too much rain. Right. There's too much rain. Yeah. <laughs> Everything. Just, there's, there's no hand sanitizer for some reason. Um, I'm at the store and it's actually pretty normal. Like there's a normal amount of food. All the canned goods are there. The soap is there. Uh, you know, hand sanitizer, that's pretty low. But all in all, everything seems normal. Sure. Until I walk down the toilet paper aisle. <laughs> for, for some reason, people in this part of the world think that a pandemic is going to use up all the toilet paper. There was a sign hanging that said, oh. customers are limited to buying five packages of toilet paper per person. Oh, my gosh. Now, we were out of toilet paper. <laughs> I was just going, it was on my grocery list. I wasn't there to hoard it. It was just on my list, like a normal grocery list that we needed toilet paper. Most of it's gone. So I'm like looking around the shelf for, I just need to bring home some toilet paper. So at the very end of the aisle, there's a stack. And this probably should have been a giveaway, but it was all the same brand and it was still there. And it was like these like 12 packs of like double rolls or whatever. Right. And I'm like, cool, perfect. And it's, hey, it's actually pretty inexpensive. So I throw that in the cart. 
flash forward, I get home, I'm putting the toilet paper away and I take out a couple rolls to refill our bathroom. And I realize this is why it was still there. Is it the scented? No, it's like the, like the transparent toilet paper you would get in a Chevron bathroom. (laughs) It's so thin. It almost falls apart in my hand as I'm taking it out of the wrapper. Oh no. To use some of this, I have to like fold it back and forth a minimum six times before it's used. Oh man. It is so thin. Oh. And that made me think of, uh, a couple thin toilet paper jokes. So are you ready? I'm ready. My toilet paper is so thin. How thin is it? It's so thin. It's like a fine slice of prosciutto, but instead of (laughs) melting in your mouth, it melts in your asshole. I would have also accepted it melts in your butt. (laughs) (laughs) My, My toilet paper is so thin. How thin is it? It's like using a tissue to clean peanut butter out of carpet. (laughs) (laughs) My toilet paper is so thin. How thin is it? It helps me stay in touch with my inner self. Oh, oh that is really good. I like I like the carpet. I have, if I had to vote, I would say the carpet's the, the that winner. Was my favorite too. <laughs> so anyway, public service announcement: Everyone in the Northwest, you don't need to hoard toilet paper. Leave some for the rest of us. So I'm not using half the roll for one wipe. Exactly. Oh, oh man. Well, I have a work day tomorrow, so maybe I'll uh, go. <laughs> Recoup some toilet paper from work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Take one of those big old industrial rolls. Exactly. Yeah. That's pretty, it's pretty good there. It's pretty good at work. It's not the Chevrolet thin <laughs> slice. <laughs> like watching your weight toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that oh, gas man. station stuff. Oh, that's a, that a good, good stuff. Thanks. Oh. Well, are we, um, anyway, minute 74. Yeah. We're going to keep planning on making these and releasing these in a timely fashion. So uh, with no further, without further ado, that's the one. We're talking minute 74 of Predator. Minute 74 opens with Dylan. Dylan! 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 Looking into the open jungle scanning. And it ends with Dylan. Dylan! Dylan! Doing a really awkward turn the wrong way to face an oncoming attacker question mark question mark yeah this this whole scene this whole minute is just super duper awkward so we need to dive into what's happening uh, right away yeah this scene is pretty different than every other scene in this movie i i feel like right we kind of touched on this a little bit last episode but um uh, there are some camera there's some camera work here that's different I think this is the only time in the movie we see slow motion. Correct me if I'm wrong. But, um, um, I, I think so. There's, a, there's, a, well, there's gratuitous slow motion in the A team springboard launching and the gorilla oh, camp attack. Right. But like, yeah, just action wise up to this point, I don't think there's been any other slow mo. Yeah, and um, yeah, his this whole scene we'll get into it, but it has a very dreamlike mm-hmm. quality, disorienting quality to it for sure. Yeah, very dreamlike. So do you want to take us from the top of what's happening here in this first part? 
Yeah, let's do it. So we'll break this uh, into pretty much two 30-second chunks. The first part will go from up to about minute, or excuse me, second 34. We carry over from last minute. Mm-hmm. Dylan is still turned towards where he heard Dylan. the uh, ominous anytime, anytime coming from the jungle. Anytime. There's uh, some clicking uh, as we cut to a diagonal panning shot of the jungle. We cut back to Dylan's face. Dylan. Close up. Perhaps we hear some rain starting to fall. Mm-hmm. Um, cut back to the jungle, uh, panning by as Dylan scans for the enemy. We Dylan. cut his face as he sees something. We get a, a, a push-in shot of the cloaked predator standing on a branch, and his eyes flash the yellow-green that we've seen before. And Dylan's eyes open wide. Mm-hmm. Pause there. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's yeah a lot to unpack here in this uh, first half minute. But what what stands out to you? This is what what stood out to me here is that after watching this several times, I I noticed and I was I, I confirmed this when I looked at your notes is that we can actually see the predator as he's scanning across the jungle, and if you're mm-hmm. not looking for it, you can easily miss it just like Dylan does. Yeah, he totally misses it. Yeah, but the cloaked predator is up there in the in the jungle, uh, and my big takeaway here is that the predator is one hundred percent just fucking with these guys. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> with the eye glow, he just announces his presence. Uh, we'll get into it here in a minute, but he does not choose to kill Dylan straight away. Mm-mm. Um. And, uh, and even after firing the shot that he fires, he jumps out of the trees and starts running around like he's just playing a game. So yeah. We, we really learn here the Predator's just a cold-hearted killer who's just out hunting for sport. No sport. Sport. No sport. Yeah, he's, uh, he's the worst. What, what are you thinking? What do you take away from this first half? Um, well, your first mention about seeing the predator before Dylan sees it. I think I I'm pretty sure over and over in this movie, um, when I've watched the little clips here and there online of when the team is looking at the jungle and the predator is, is out there, but you can't see it and the team can't see it over and over. When I check those video clips, people swear in the comments that you can see the predators outline the camouflage. And I've looked any, anywhere between like one and 200 times at any kind of combination of those clips and never, ever have I seen the outline of the predator that people are saying is clearly there, but this is the one time in the movie. I think the only time in the movie where we could miss it. Right. And I think you're absolutely Dylan, right. like you said, Dylan misses it as well. Yeah. I, I, I think you're right. Cause we really poured over those jungle shots earlier in the film to try to find (laughs) any semblance of a, of a shot of the predator there, but you never do like people can claim they see an outline, but I'm telling you people, it's not there. This, this is the one, this is the first time that actually, this is the one. And it's, it's, it's um, a couple things stand out to me when you see this kind of thing in a movie. One is that the director is giving you a little bit of credit because if you're, keen on finding that predator while Dylan is keen on finding the predator too, then right. If you're that attentive, then you might be able to see it that first time. Right. Um, but also this is made for repeat viewing. This is right away kicking it into seeing this more than once. So they can catch all the little details because there's way more than just that as a little detail you could 
um, pick up the second and third and hundredth time you watch this. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the the flashing of the the green and yellow eyes. I really like. I hate the predator, but I really love that move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, that's such kind of a gangster move. Yeah, to flash the eyes right there. As soon as he's scanning over the jungle and he does that, he just announces his presence like he doesn't give a shit. And here I am. I'm about to shoot you. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's such a villainous move. Yeah. And the the way Dylan is reacting to that right before the predator flashes his eyes tells me that Dylan does recognize that that predator could be right there in the tree, right where he's looking because the extreme close up on Dylan's face doesn't change cut to cut when it cuts to the predator flashing the eyes back to Dylan's face. Dylan's eyes are just now realizing or Dylan's mind is realizing that his eyes are catching the discrepancy accurately that he is seeing the predator. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we're meant to believe that he sees it right before the predator flashes the eyes kind of saying like, yep, you see me. I'm right here. (laughs) I I see it. I see it. Yeah. And we cut back to his eyes and it just, and they kind of widen and we get that confirmation that, yeah, he, he sees him. I see it. Mm-hmm. And oh. does the, is this the last time the predator flashes his eyes? Because I think that makes for a total of three, if that's the case. I believe so. Because when we head to the one-on-one portion of the film with Arnold, most of the times we see the predator, he's not cloaked. I feel like, or a lot of the time, and right? Or if he, if he is cloaked, they don't give him the the glowy eyes. Yeah, he's just he's zooming around, running around. So yeah, this might be it. And I, what? Maybe I have the count wrong. I, I know it's at least twice. I know Max sees the predator flash his eyes after back after um, the predator kills Blaine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then is the second time, gosh, I might be conflating that with uh, the time that um, Dylan sees a predator after the predator blows up their trap. Oh, yeah. Man, Did we I, not get an eye flash there? I don't know if that's an eye flash or if that's just the predator um, announcing. He just fires his cannon into the clearing, right? Right. Let me, I'm watching the minute. This is minute 68. Mm. The predator hangs around the tree cloaked, looks at Dylan, cloaks again, and then runs off. There's no eye glow. So I think we just see it twice. Yeah, I think you're right. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Oh, man. So like something that I've always associated with a predator as a common, whatever, <laughs> common appearance is is really rare. It's twice in this movie. Yeah, but that that kind of speaks to how effective that little special effect is. That one little trait, that attribute they decided to give our villain really sticks in your mind, mm-hmm. uh, which means they really executed it perfectly. If it's, if it's going to make that big of an impression. Yes. It's used that well. Um, and I, I think, I think overall for all the predators traits, they do a really good job in this movie of limiting them so that that whole picture that you're trying to put together in your mind is made of just a few bits and pieces of yeah. the eye glows here and um, picking up a scorpion here and having a little bit of heat vision there. Um, and you know, a whole universe spawns from this, from just like the little bits and pieces that uh, we see. Yeah. Mm. Um, oh, I, 
I, yeah, we can we can talk, and you're probably excited to talk about the next part. I was just going to say, I'm I'm super excited to talk about this next section. <laughs> okay, but last thing I want to talk about yeah, this yeah. section, this first section is for whatever reason, and it's not mentioned in the commentary, and I'll talk a little bit about the commentary later on. Um, but about the second, when when is it? It cuts to Dylan close to the beginning of the minute, Dylan. seconds five to nine. You're looking at Dylan's face diagonal and he's scanning the jungle. You can see his eyes doing some great eye acting here. Yeah. But as you're looking at him, I, I swear you can see some rain falling, which I don't remember any other part in the movie before this or after this where you have rain. And I don't know if this was just happening to be filming on a rainy day, but I, I do like that little bit of effect that it gives um, maybe a little bit more claustrophobic um, feeling to that yeah. scene. Uh, around what second are you looking at when you when you think you see it's that? It's like second five, I want to say. Second five to nine. And then after that, you don't see any little droplets anymore. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I bet it was just a rainy day in the jungle that day when they were shooting, to be honest. Yeah. I, I imagine shooting in the jungle with all of its challenges would be extra challenging if you're trying to specifically film on a rainy day just with yeah, how yeah. crazy the weather can be. Yeah. But anyway, so a little unintentional, maybe um, filming to add a little bit of, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know if it's tension more of, or, or if it's just atmosphere. Claustrophobia or yeah, maybe atmosphere, little yeah. atmosphere. All right, let's jump to the second part. Let's stop beating around the arm and <laughs> jump to the second part. Uh, I, this is one of my, I don't like seeing Dylan well, he's going to eventually die. I did not write a limerick for this minute because he's not actually dead yet in this minute. You could, you could write a limerick for part of him. <laughs> <laughs> a partial limerick. That, that right arm. arm. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to be all right. Uh, but I, I I don't like uh, seeing one of our another one of our characters getting uh, blasted. But no. I do love the effect of this section. I love the, the special effects here that we get with uh, the shot that hits Dylan. So... If I may, should I just run through the quick synopsis here? Oh, please, you may. Okay, so uh, starting at second 34, the the music is going to ramp up, and we're going to see Dylan slowly, very Dylan. slowly, bringing his gun up. Uh, to really slowly. Really slowly. This is some, some of the slow motion we get in this section. And it's like real slow motion. Like You kind of see like the jittery frame slow motion. And he starts to point it up towards the predator, and we get a quick cut back, and we see the predator's uh, laser sight fire up, and cut back to him again. Back. We see the gun get a little bit higher. We see him squeeze the trigger, uh, cut to a wider shot of him firing his weapon, and then we get the predator shooting his laser cannon down at Dylan. And I love this. It's kind of a slow motion shot. And we just sort of follow the laser cannon as it comes down and it hits uh, Dylan. It looks like at first it might be in the chest, but then we quickly learn it's actually in the right shoulder. And Dylan screams and rides. And we see in the next shot, the gun is hitting the ground. And then it's revealed that his arm is still attached to the gun. Oh, and what, what an arm too. Oh. And we get this great effect where the arm is still, the fingers are still squeezing the trigger <laughs> as it's on the ground, separated from Dylan's body, and it's oh. still firing away. And for some reason, that just tickles me every time. I love it. 
Mm-hmm. If, if you're wondering if one of the most commonly cut scenes from this movie to put it on TV, like yeah. you're looking at probably number one right here. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then we just kind of cut back to Dylan screaming. We get a, a shot of the predator now running through the woods. Another shot of Dylan's wide eyed face, clearly in shock because he's lost his arm. At the mm-hmm. very end of the minute, he kind of is picking up, lifting up his gun with his good arm off of his shoulder and minute ends. Oh, right there. Yeah, one of one of the better practical effects oh, um, you're, you're going to see, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. We get a lot of them in quick succession here with all these deaths, um, and it's really fun. Uh, being being a horror movie fan, I, I give put a lot of stock into creative deaths. You know, like mm-hmm. I love a good creative death. I love a good some good practical special effects to go along with it, and. Uh, you know, we get Max exploding head, and now we get Dylan's severed arm, and it's just, just a treat. One thing after another. Yeah, for a guy like me, I just, I love it. It's great. Yeah, he is. He's, uh, yeah, he's going down piece by piece. This predator is just, for some reason, really focusing on stretching out Dylan's uh, uh, death scene here. Don't know why. I am maybe he's seeing him as like a really worthy foe by trying to. Uh, come see him in person here at the end. Not really sure, but taking off the arm must be some, I don't know, weird playing strategy, real weird hunting strategy to who knows, like try to literally disarm the opponent before you uh, take him on one, one on one. Yeah. I mean, Dylan's kind of, you know, one of the de facto leaders, quote unquote, if you will, you know, mm-hmm. like, although Dutch is really kind of the leader of the group, Dylan has, kind of tried to push on everyone else that he's also in a, in a role of leadership. And although we, we may not feel that way about him in the context of our characters, he feels that way about himself. And it is kind of a big deal for him to, to, to die uh, in the story. Cause he was a pretty, pretty integral character here. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, he and Mac going out really closely together Right. It's just telling you like anybody is fair game now. Right. It's, right. it's, it's a race to the, to the finish to see who survives this movie. What I was going to say, uh, you mentioned like it being very dreamlike, especially with everything being in slow motion. Yeah. If, if you'll notice uh, the predator is not doing anything in slow motion in comparison, the predator seems to be moving quite at ease at full speed. Mm. Um, first in aiming the laser, firing the laser, and then running up to Dylan or running around a weird perimeter, like an arc. Yeah. <laughs> like and a, he's, he's almost like a tangent to too. Like he's going fast. Oh, he's booking. He is, yeah. he is running. And uh, that's uh, part of that analysis. There comes further from this video. I talked about last minute called spot the subliminals by collate yeah. of learning. Yeah. Uh, again, check that, um, check that video out for more analysis but um, I think I covered most of that there. And just like any right bad dream, like you're not able to do the things you're trying to do. Like you can't run fast enough or you just can't move when you're trying to run. Um, I, it's just incredibly to the point where even after he loses his arm and he's screaming, Dylan seems to be in shock enough to try to react without yeah. feeling the pain anymore um, towards the end of the minute by grabbing his other gun. It's like, it, it's like the classic dream that you can have, right? Where you can't run fast or you're stuck 
You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever had that dream? Or yes, yes, I've, I've definitely had that one. And that's like what's happening here. Like he's seeing everything happen around him fast, maybe even faster than it's really happening. And yet he can't move uh, even at a normal speed is, is kind of the impression that we get here. He's sort of stuck. He's stuck in slow motion. Very much, very much. And towards the end, he's <laughs> towards the end, he's trying to make use of this other MP5 hmm. that I think is the one that Arnold gave him. But like he does it all backwards. Like he's following, he's tracking the predator, turning his head right to left to see that. And the gun is at his left and he still has the left arm. But instead of just pulling the gun up, he's trying to pull the gun like off his shoulder and then turn the other way, the long way towards the predator who's coming to probably attack. And we don't know yet. Maybe the predator is just running away again to really taunt him. Like, ha blew (laughs) off your arm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that guy sucks yeah. Um, um, but yeah just just one bad thing happening and then leading to more I don't know bad decisions um, I'm gonna stand up and, and grab one more beer oh yeah yeah <laughs> uh, talk, I think we should talk about the, the name of this track because that's really awesome but, uh, this track is uh, <laughs> this tra- the track in the first part of this minute is calling us back to really every time the team discussed the Predator, they would talk about Hopper and his green berets strung up. They would um, both when it happened and then much later when Dylan is talking about how the Predator did to Hawkins the same thing that he had done to Jim Hopper and his men. Hopper. What? They did the same thing to Jim Hopper. We, we hear that again here in the beginning of the minute. Um, eventually that ramps up right when the Predator fires the laser and hits Dylan. Um, but because Dixon. Dylan, because we've heard it a few times when Dylan is talking about the Predator or what's been happening to the team at the hands of the Predator, um, I, I associate this theme more with Dylan, just Dylan in general. Um, that that kind of uh, before it ramps up, um, especially because before it ramps up, it's kind of like this kind of curious piece, piece of music. There's a little bit of discovery, maybe a tinge of horror to it. Mm-hmm. This kind of, um, and then when it ramps up, it really becomes a full track for this whole minute of <laughs> Dylan discovering the predator face to face, and then um being taken down by the predator and the the track itself is titled Dylan is disarmed. <laughs> I love that. I love, I love I that, that too. I was cracking up. <laughs> Could you imagine buying this soundtrack ahead of time, ahead of the movie, and you're reading the tracks and you're like, huh. Yeah. Like Dylan is disarmed. So like like he loses his weapon. Like, nope, he uh, he loses more than his weapon. Yeah. It's, he loses it's a literal his, title. Yeah. His gun arm. <laughs> um some people call this a, a symbolic shot um, of him losing his arm because he, that was his, uh, <laughs> I thought he already opened a beer like a minute ago. That's amazing. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, because this is a very sim- it's it makes up one of the symbolic shots of this movie when he and Dutch shake hands in minute five of this movie. Dylan! 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 Dixon. You son of a bitch. You see their right arms, their big bulging yeah. manly arms. What's the matter? The CIA got you pushing too many pencils? 
And at this point, now he's losing that symbol of manliness, oh, according that's to good. Well done, good analysis, good term paper there. Yeah, yeah like it's you're right. It is really symbolic of him just like getting his nuts cut off. Like <laughs> exactly, he's going to take away the thing that that made you manly, the thing that uh, was your power, and uh, and now he's just helpless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Just he's a, he's a sitting duck. We we're. You think that the predator was meaning to shoot his arm off, right? Do you? I think so. I, I we don't see where the predator is aiming the laser at all, yeah. other than we just see the laser come down. But if we saw those three dots, a little therefore symbol, yeah. then I imagine it going right on uh, Dylan's shoulder because he seen, tries to, he tries the same move with Dutch later on. Right, right, and we've seen him be pretty accurate with that cannon, right? So yeah. Very accurate. What he wants to shoot, whether it's a head or Blaine's chest, um, I think he very purposefully just shot Dylan's arm off. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, it's just kind of a, he's just, like I say, he's just fucking with him. He's he's just a, a cold-hearted, stone-cold killer. Um, and at this point, he's just messing with Dylan. He's like, I'm going to shoot your arm off. I'm going to run through the jungle. So you get all weirded out and going to finish the job eventually. But it's hardcore. Oh, I love that laser coming down. It has a cool the, little sound effect. Oh my god, and the, the special effects of that laser cannon and the sparks that fly when it hits him. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that laser blue, cannon. The blue laser. <laughs> so good. Ugh. That laser sound itself, just to me, like if I were to continue my turn paper, I would say that once that laser sound pops up along with the laser, the, the sound itself is like this this harbinger it's like this inevitable thing that's going to happen i've aimed the laser it's it's now going to fire right right um last thing i'll say i think the last little piece of analysis i have is just looking at the predator cloaked in this minute when he stands there and glows his eyes when he aims the laser and even when he's running across the screen we think maybe to dylan dylan Mm -hmm. dylan Um, it is not looking like the Kevin Peter Hall seven foot costume yet. I think this was shot earlier on before they made the costume change because to me, it looks like a little guy running like the John Claude Van Damme iteration. Yeah. I am glad you brought that up. Cause I was thinking about that too. Like he is quite nimble flying through the jungle in that scene right there. Yeah. It yeah. looks like a little guy, like, like a point guard, like dodging trees. Yeah. And he has his, big weird head that does not look like his rastafarian dreadlocked head it looks more like i don't know almost like a rocketeer helmet head is what i always thought yes you're right yeah yeah maybe that was maybe we're seeing the the other jean-claude van damme shot in this film yeah Yeah, exactly and even though it's not the full kevin peter hall it's still terrifying to see this mostly cloaked thing now running at you I, i can't imagine Oh, I can't imagine. It's just the terror this this, this poor Dylan is, is going through. It's, yeah, yeah he, he sees it. It shoots his arm off. He can't kill it. It's running at him now, and you can make out, make out bits and pieces of him. Yeah, and it's. I just love this scene. We've talked about this over and over again, but just the thought that was put into the way a lot of these scenes are composed and edited and put together to give you a certain feeling or to draw out the suspense, I think it's really expertly done. I think it's why this film continues to live on as one of the great action films of the last 30, 40 years. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just because of the attention to detail on scenes like this. And I don't know, it's a real treat to go back and and watch it again and really kind of break it down. So this is a, 
Yeah. Yeah. Because even though you might know all the beats, it's, it's, I don't know, to me, it's a pleasure to watch and it's just filmed so well. And like you said, this, this scene itself, just being like this little microcosm of a horror movie that we don't see this at all again. Like it never pans over Dutch in this weird diagonal Dutch angle. Uh, (laughs) It's like he has his own, set of shots uh, when it comes Dutch versus the predator that uh, I can't wait to dive into those as well. But first we kind of have to bring this minute to a close. So did you have anything else about minute 74? I think we've, we've covered it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we did it. I have nothing else. No other notes. How about okay. yourself? Uh, yeah. The la- I guess the last thing I'll say is John McTomin, John McTomintary, <laughs> John McTiernan on the commentaries. He's, he's, Left off talking about why they had to cut some things in order to secure the R rating and not the NC-17 rating. Mm-hmm. Um, but he goes, or is it an X rating in the 80s? I don't really remember. Right. Um, regardless, um, regardless, he is starting to talk about a sequence that he wrote for the movie that was not used in the movie. Um, I'll just briefly describe this scene. He originally force or he originally wanted to change the script from he originally, he originally wanted to change the shot of the team repelling from helicopters into the jungle to a more action-packed scene of the team jumping out of the back of a C-130 Hercules cargo mm-hmm. plane uh, in a series of halo jumps. Those are the high-altitude, low-open jumps that you see in Mission Impossible Fallout. They do that, for instance, right. over some city in Europe I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he wrote that all for them. Uh, to be doing to the point where in the middle of the scene, a Soviet MiG was supposed to approach the plane and the pilot wanted to pull the plane out of uh, harm's way and not go through with it. But then Dutch pulls a gun on the pilot and says, keep to it. We're going to do this. The team jumps out with their parachutes. Arnie is the last one to jump out of the plane. As he's about to jump out, he doesn't yet have his parachute and he just grabs one from the wall before he jumps out. Uh, And then the team lands and continues on with the mission. And to me, as I was hearing him talk about it, I thought, well, this sounds like an Arnold movie. I feel like yeah, he's done like that a familiar before. scene, <laughs> a very familiar scene. And it wasn't in predator. Uh, John McTiernan goes on to say that this scene was actually used in the Arnold film <laughs> eraser in 1996. Got it. Okay. That's why it sounds familiar. Yeah. It's, it's, it's ch- it changes a little bit in eraser. If I remember correctly, like, He's fighting on an airplane and he has to jump out of the airplane without the parachute and like catch the parachute in midair, I think. Mm, that's not one of my favorite Arnolds. That was if if you're watching a racer, go watch it for the airplane scene and know that John McTiernan wrote that scene. Who yeah. knew? That's uh that's interesting. I, I'm trying to that would have been sometimes we see these script differences and I'm like, that would not have fit into the film. This is one I could have seen working. Like there's enough action sequences in this movie that that I, I could see that being okay. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I imagine it was left out for budgetary reasons, perhaps. But Yeah, or the people just said that's way too, little too, way too involved with the scene for, like, we just want the team to go to the jungle. Like, in the yeah. movie, it's just like they're in the jungle minute seven or eight. Yeah, right. Just We just need to move the story along. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'm watching the scene from Eraser right now, and – it's really a big shootout between Arnold and James Caan and Sonny on the plane with the door open where the door should be just ripping everybody out. But anyway, 
I think the just I think the one thing that John McTiernan has taken credit for is the fact that Arnold jumps out of the plane without a parachute mm. and has to catch it. But the the rest is not really match up at all. I like where he shoots the crocodile and he says, Your luggage. Your luggage. Your luggage. Oh, Your luggage. Man, they were running out of one liners by then. Yeah. The one liners were all used up by the mid nineties. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, have we done it? We've John? done it. Cover minute six seventy four. That's right. Not sixty four. We've we've done it. We've killed killed minute seventy four. We killed off Dylan's arm. Sorry, Dylan. We may or may not have a limerick next episode. Stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. I like those odds. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> we might. <laughs> as long as we're all still here, I got hand sanitizer. I got mm-hmm. masks. Got toilet paper, although it's not very good. But we're we're alive and kicking. Uh, what do you have to recommend for us this week, Jeff? Ooh. <laughs> toilet paper from a gas station. <laughs> yeah, I do not recommend that. Uh, <laughs> what am I recommending? So let's see. I'm going to recommend a movie, as I often do. Uh, <laughs> this is a, you guessed it, a horror movie that I watched <laughs> recently, um, and I'm going to recommend this. Uh, with the caveat that you need to like these kinds of movies. Um, the name of the movie is called Color Out of Space. This oh, is I've a, heard of this. Yeah, this is a sci-fi horror film um, starring Nicolas Cage. Um, it just came out this year, 2019. Um, you can probably find it uh, on like VOD. You can rent it online. Anyway, uh, it's, the, it's a story that's based on an H.P. Uh, Lovecraft short story. And if you know anything about H.P. Lovecraft and his short stories, he was a kind of a horror sci-fi writer from the early, early 20th century. And many of his stories have been turned into uh, horror films, most notably like Reanimator um, is probably the most famous one. But they often uh, include stories of like body horror. Um, uh, if you know Reanimator, it's, it's about a, a scientist who develops a serum that will bring dead bodies back to life and you get this whole story arc of these sort of like living dead people and there's a lot of blood and dead bodies walking around and uh so anyway color out of space is also kind of a body horror film and it just begins with nicholas cage lives in the country with his wife and two kids two teenage kids and they live kind of this idyllic quiet life they do farming on this property and one night uh, a meteor or some object comes down from the sky and lands in the forest right outside their home and in the next couple days a lot of strange things starts happening most notably very colorful plants and flowers start growing all over their property and uh, it starts to kind of infect all the livestock and wildlife they have there and the story kind of progresses from there and as usual i don't want to talk too much more about it because i don't want to give away uh the story but um is pretty crazy and uh if you like kind of crazy body horror sci-fi horror movies uh you should check it out because it goes in places that i did not expect and uh it was pretty fun so color out of space Oh. Starring Nicolas Cage. Awesome. Yeah. So there's my recommend. What do you got for us this week, John? Um, gosh, I had to remember. Mm. It's because 
feel like I was ready last week. What was I going to do this week? Uh, this happens like every week. Sorry. Um, oh, I know. <clears throat> uh, so, you know, like when you're about to work out, but you have to take off that like metal wedding ring. Um, I don't exercise. <laughs> wow, that was like the real drop there. I don't exercise. I don't exercise. Okay, well, let's say you have to take it off for whatever reason. High calorie IPA. <laughs> Maybe you're like playing basketball or you're like climbing on the jungle gym with your kiddos or something. Oh, no, like I know that. what you mean. I, I wear a wedding ring that I literally can't get off my finger. So, yeah, and like. It, you know, it runs the risk of like scraping something or like catching on something. I know there's horror stories out there with the metal wedding rings or metal wedding bands. Um, just recently, my wife, my wife, my wife, my wife showed me um, on Amazon that you could buy these silicone wedding bands. And I absolutely yeah. just love them. I, I bought like a four pack for. I don't know, $17 maybe, something like that. There's like a variety of colors. And what I love about it is I can wear it when I work out and it's not going to catch on anything. Or if it does, it's like very, right? It's flimsy. It's, it's silicone. It's just going to kind of snap back. There's nothing, yeah. there's no, no bad catch to it. So that's my big recommend is <laughs> silicone, silicone ring. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I had. Our, our listening audience thanks you. Yeah. I yeah, have yeah. a buddy that has one of those, and he also loves it as well. So mm-hmm. your your love is confirmed by hey. my friend. Don't know. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Love is still confirmed. That's not to say you can't wear the cool symbolic ring that you, you know, exchanged on, on that day or, or just wearing for fun or whatever. But, yeah, it's, 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 it's a nice, versatile ring, and they're cheap and you can find them in a variety of colors go so check them out put on a silicone wedding ring and then watch color out of space hey there you go combine our recommends you'll have a magnificent time in these unsettled times yeah seriously might as well yeah. have fun now shit yeah no kidding before the government shuts it all down Ooh. Where we're living living in a chain link fence dome who is it is that dean dean norris yeah the guy from breaking bad there's a wasn't there a show the dome or something like that living in a dome dome based on a stephen king novel Mm -hmm. oh of course nice a lot of people arms about that because the simpsons did an episode where they lived under a dome or was it in the movie can't remember the movie movie Yeah. yeah And that came out several years before Stephen King's book. Um, okay. So where can people find you, Jeff? I'm on the Twitter. If you've been following me there, I apologize for the blast of tweets. Last weekend, it was F This Movie Fest. I am Carl underscore Hungus 314. Come follow me there. My name is Carl been expert. I will be picking up the Twitters again here. I'll have lots of uh, time to sit around and... <laughs> my phone while my kids run around the house destroying things yeah good yeah come follow me there as i yeah, slowly go. leave my mind <laughs> <laughs> awesome awesome thank you and you can find predator minute on twitter 
We are at Predator Minute. You can email the show, Predator Minute at PredatorMinute at gmail.com. And you can join the listeners group on Facebook, Predator Minute Listeners Palapa. I, I named it Listener Society last week, and I didn't I didn't have a good way to edit around that. I guess I could have taken a palapa out of Dylan saying it. Predator Minute Listeners Palapa. It's okay, because I watched Dead Poets Palapa last weekend. So <laughs> made up for it. <laughs> oh, it's my favorite movie. Palapa Ater. <laughs> All right. So for all things Predator Minute 74, I've been John Zabriskie. And I am Jeff Glover. And until next time, stick around. Stick around. Stick around. around. We have no quotes from this minute because this was a dialogue-free minute. Yeah. A real, a real, uh, just a real looker. Of, of, <laughs> of, of, of. <laughs> it was very, very exciting. I forgot to mention that, but I, our... Um, I was looking at the uh, lines of dialogue to come, and they're very sparse. We're, we're going to be overloaded pretty soon with yeah. dialogue three minutes, which is pretty exciting. It's it's fun to talk visuals pretty much solely. Uh, all right. Hey, that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Good work, guys. Yeah. I know. I'm going to have more time, so. Yeah. We can. We can a couple episodes per week if we want to going forward, I think. Yeah. So we just, I think, did I text you this? I did, I think. We just got an email saying that we're actually suspending all classes, period. Yeah, I saw that. All the all the classes are going to be suspended. <sighs> yeah. It's fine, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going on, man. What's going on? I just had to cancel my trip to Vegas. Oh, your March trip because they're... <laughs> there's, there's no March they, Madness. There's no, are they canceling the games? Oh, the whole tournament's canceled. Oh, no. I just Everything. thought they were going to play in front of no fans. No, they've canceled it all. Same with the NBA. Same with, like, there's golf tournaments being canceled. There's tennis. Can't, like, all sporting events, period. Uh, yes, I saw that on ESPN, how they're delaying everything. I thought they are just suspending the NBA. Maybe, you're right. Yeah, but uh, NCAA is just canceled for the year. Like, it's just done. There's no national championship this year. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And then we were like, well, we could still just go, but then like, I don't know if it's such a good idea to go to a place where you're packed in with a bunch of other people, like yeah. touching, touching poker chips that are being passed around a table. Like, yeah. just like casinos are pretty right. gross anyway. You know, it's like, yeah. could you make them any grosser? I guess you could. Yeah. <laughs> Start sneezing and stuff. Oh. Yeah. With a, with a pandemic, you could make it grosser. Oh man. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, we, we finally, at the very end of the school day today, received word that we were closing school. I don't know. It's it's weird to call it that because we still have to go to work tomorrow. Yeah. I'm not really are, sure what tomorrow's going to look like because... Are you guys going to try to continue school online? It sounds like no one's really doing that anymore. It sounds like you all were <laughs> one we of the for few a week. districts doing it and then yeah. you all gave up. <laughs> Well, we were the first. Well, it's because, you know, like the state sent out a, a notification to all the districts saying you need to put a plan in place in case you have to close. Right. And so our superintendent did, like to her credit. And then we okay. had a couple confirmed cases of like parent volunteers or whatnot in the district. And she made the decision because it was spreading to just close. And we had already put together a, a plan, a contingency plan. And so we just went to it. 
but things have escalated so much now. I think, I think the thing is that like with Seattle closing and these other big districts that like Seattle doesn't have the resources to give every family that needs it a computer, you know? Right. And like, cause Seattle's massive and they have tons of populations that, that don't have enough resources. Right. And so I think it becomes an equity thing where like the OSPI is probably like, we can't have some districts in our state that are continuing and others that are not yeah. so equitable. I don't know. So Although gonna, they're only they're only closing the three counties. Like the rest of the state is still running. So I I, I don't know. Maybe a yeah. For now, though, I mean, it's, for now, yeah, seems like it doesn't take much. Hmm. Man, alive. That's crazy. So from now until when? April twenty fourth. Uh, April twenty fourth is the date they set. Yeah, which is a Friday. It's the Friday after spring break for us. Yeah, us too. And uh, we have a, a trip to Disneyland planned for spring break. Oh, I think you were telling me about that in the last Predator Minute. Yeah, and right now Disneyland is closed. Disneyland is closed? They're closed till the end of March. And hopefully they'll reopen. But if they don't, we're going to have to cancel that trip too. Oh, this is nuts. I know. Oh, my gosh. On the bright side, I got some (laughs) toilet paper jokes for our podcast today. Uh, we have, we have, a, we have an okay amount. It's, it's definitely depleted down here at the little local IGA, but I, well, we'll talk, we it. need to talk about it on, uh, once you start recording because, Oh, I, I started recording like oh, five minutes ago. Well, you just are recording because, yeah. just because it's like, it's, it's pretty <clears throat> seminal. It's pretty, uh, interesting time capsule, interesting moment. In I know it's history. pretty surreal. Yeah. It's, it's very surreal to be sitting in class and like seeing all the updates happen and then like, I received the email at like two fifteen or something like that from yeah. the district saying like we're going to close down the schools. Like, like my eyes go all big when I'm reading the emails, but I don't right. say anything. And the kids are all taking this <clears throat> district assessment. Like, oh god, I'm not going to say anything. And then of course, like J. Fred hops on the intercom in like two twenty or something like that, and it's just like, uh, okay, check your emails, teachers, about <laughs> possible school closures. All the kids are like, brr. <laughs> I'm like, uh, uh, <laughs> the most important part of that paragraph is that you now call Jennifer J. Fred. Yeah, it just saves time. <laughs> I love that. Oh, man. Yeah, it's pretty strange. So uh, did you notice like a drop in your attendance this week? <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm curious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a heavy drop in attendance. And today was like my worst day so far. I think I had 20 plus out of my 148 students absent. Yeah, a good chunk. And then from what I heard is that was actually small compared to some other classes where I think overall we had maybe a couple hundred people out of our 1000 kids absent. Like, whoa, jeez. Oh, my gosh. It's just just crazy. But yeah, I don't don't know. In the end, it's good, though, because like what, what they're I mean, the idea is to slow the spread, right? There's no stopping the infection, really. Like right. If you look at other parts of the country, other parts of the world, Italy, China, or whatnot, like it's going to spread. It's just sort of inevitable. But if you can, mm-hmm. the problem is if it spreads too fast, it overloads the healthcare system, right? There's mm-hmm. not enough beds, there's not enough doctors, not enough medicine, whatever. So if you can slow the spread, like flatten the curve, as they say, right. to a reasonable rate, then you can handle the infection. So it's good. Like, it's in, in the end, it's it's the right move. It's just 
it's you don't we don't know how long it's going to be for and that's weird yeah. it's, it's really weird it's it's a really weird moment too because we don't have a vaccine for it and mm-hmm. so we're all like just kind of like running around without our like normal vaccinated body armor that we right. would have for things we like we don't even have enough tests for it like the congress yeah. is just like shitting themselves trying to like figure out a package to get tests and you know coverage for everyone to get testing and blah 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 it's just it's yeah. nice. What, what do you think about missing this like huge chunk of school? I, it, it's, it's, I was telling Sarah, it's really interesting because I was teaching them. I was like trying to brush them up on their claim writing and evidence and reasoning. Yeah. And a claim I wrote a couple weeks ago was, or no, a couple years ago. And then I was sharing that this week and they always hate it because, you know, it's a good claim. I was talking about how we should have year round schooling because mm-hmm. when they take off these big summer months, there's this like eight to 13 week period when they first start schooling where they, are catching back up to speed with the material and the speed of school. Yeah. And they're all just like, eh, I don't know. But then it's, <laughs> you're, you're hit in the face with like a huge chunk of missed school. And we're going to put that theory right to the test. Right. <laughs> I did not mean to have that tested right away. I know, man. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think the, I think it's just going to be a year where you just have to write it off to what it is. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, if you think about it, like if you had missed two months of your high school career, I did at one point or a you month. Did? It was it was crazy, but that's a that's a story for another time. Different story, yeah. And you turned out fine, right? Like you're good. It <laughs> you turned know? out great. Look, I'm talking about Predator one yeah. minute at a time. You got your own podcast. I mean, you've made it, right? I mean, most people. I mean, there's not a lot of these independent podcasts out there, right? Like we're one of the only ones. <laughs> It's funny you should say that because when I mentioned that the other day to my classes, because they're talking about it on the the CNN Kids program about uh-huh. podcasts, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, like any any of you all know what podcasts are?" And like half of them were like, "Yeah, my dad has a podcast. My mom has a podcast." <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, oh, shut up! No, they don't. Though, is it about Predator? I don't mention that. <laughs> it's not a real podcast, kids. <laughs> This podcast will put a hair on your chest. Yeah. <laughs> Parents can't claim that. Nope. Nope. Oh, no. I agree. I agree. We've made it. It's like we've hit the the zenith. Well, I told my students that I will definitely be leveraging my YouTube channel into worldwide <laughs> worldwide YouTube fame. There's a good chance I won't be coming back to, to school. <laughs> Hey, what um, program it's hard, do you It's use? hard to know who's talking right now, Jeff. I'll be honest. It's like Stevie writing <laughs> on the screen. And you're like, da, da, da. okay, here's if Sarah wants to talk about Sarah, online. yeah, what put her on. Is, um, are you, what, what program are you using to screencast? I am. Um, so what I'm doing right there is I'm in my classroom writing on my smart board. Uh, but I'm using QuickTime to capture the screen on my computer. Okay. And then uh, it can record my voice and also record what I'm writing on. You can also do the same thing with like an iPad and a stylus if you have that. I kind of like that though, because it's kind of kinesthetic. You're like at the board. Mm. Yeah. I'm just so used to teaching and talking while I'm writing when I teach math that it it was the most natural thing for me. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. I um, bought Cast-O-Matic. No, wait. Yeah, Screen Cast-O-Matic. Something like that. Um, for a year just because I needed something to be able in this time to do screencasting. It's, yeah. It's okay. But and I was just wondering what, what else do other people do? I think there's a way to screencast on PowerPoint also. Oh, really? You can, 
I don't know. People did different things. Like some people were holding like virtual classrooms. They would get all their students to log into Zoom and have a big like video conference call. Huh. And then oh, I would, saw I saw a shot of that on Twitter about your yeah. History. And then they would they would have their iPad like airdropped to their MacBook, and then they could tell Zoom to mirror their iPad screen, and they would write on it with a stylus and like use an app called explain everything where you can like pull your Google slides, like right into that app and then write on your slides. I don't know. It's pretty crazy. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I, the one thing I will take, I will take away from this week is I, I'm like actually really proud of all the teachers in my school, especially like my math department and like the solutions that we came up with to make this week happened. And I feel like we really kind of got going by the end of this week and it was like working. And now all of a sudden it's being cut off. Oh my gosh. I feel kind of similar because we worked really hard last week to understand working in teams. So we were following our full on schedule and we just find places like coffee shops or libraries and we just go and teach for that entire class. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Uh, it's amazing. And I feel also very proud of our colleagues and also our students. I can't really see their eye rolls or their snarky comments. So maybe I'm like jaded, but they are just doing such a great job. And you can see their like little cute pets in their rooms with their posters. And it's just, they're working so hard and they're asking questions and it's just really sweet. It's just sweet. Isn't it funny how they kind of feel at home in the digital world? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I've noticed. Like, I, there was a lot of hiccups and like wrinkles in trying to like figure out the attendance and like turning things in and finding my website, blah, blah, blah. But like once they did, it was just like, they just rolled with it. Like, I don't wow, know. Why were you taking attendance? We have to. We're- <laughs> okay. So you are doing, are you doing the regular schedule then too? Like we switched our schedule to have alternating blocks. So, and then Wednesday was like supposed to be tutorial day, which basically set up a system for us to basically have to push out two lessons a week. And the lesson, it's not too bad, but I made the lessons kind of, they have to be bigger to like, basically it was two lessons that you would normally do in like four days. You smush them down into two days. That's how our schedule is normally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So we were doing that and uh, I was going to say something. I forgot I was going to say. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, attendance. Attendance. Oh, attendance. Yeah. So we're required by the state to like legally to take attendance. Like if we're going to continue school online, they require that we have some sort of accountability. Yeah. So what I would have students do is I set up a Google form on my website and they would have to sometime between like 730 in the morning and 230 in the afternoon, they have to go to my website and find the, the Google form link, click on it and like just sign their name, like type out Whoa. their name. And then at the end of the day, I would just curate the results and it would pull up an attendance sheet for all my classes Whoa. and I would just enter the attendance. But someone could just write their name in for a friend. Sure. Like there's holes in it, right? They could just write their name in and not do shit. Right. I mean like, yeah. but it's, <laughs> I, I put the link with my lessons with so the very least I can say they had to see that my lesson was there to click on the link. Yeah. Okay. Cool. You know, Sounds so cool. there's a little bit of accountability there. Like they saw it. If they didn't do it, they didn't do it. But wow. It's amazing. Yeah. I am. Yeah. So hearing about your school too, it makes me just proud of teachers in general. And yeah, like, yeah, we did. I think we did a really good job. Awesome. But now it's over. (laughs) The dream. 
living, realizing my lifelong fantasy of being a stay-at-home dad. <laughs> Are your kids' preschool closed? Um, well, Grace is in kindergarten, so her school's obviously closed. Oh, right. But their, their daycare center is open, and I've been using it this week because I just can't get anything done like with their when they're both home. Yeah, no way. Yeah, I've been using it as as needed. But I was talking to one of their workers today, and like they don't know if they're going to be able to stay open with all this happening. So it's all up in the air. I don't know. I might end up just like being stay at home dad for the next six weeks with my kids. I don't know. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) I know. That's kind of what. I'm most likely headed towards. I'll be honest. It's kind of it's kind of exhausting being at home with the kids. It's not kind of. It's (laughs) fucking definitely super exhausting. I was about to say it's fucking terrible, but that sounded bad. (laughs) (laughs) It's so hard. (laughs) It is. It is physically exhausting. Where like the teaching is more mental, especially when you have no toilet paper. God, (laughs) (laughs) we're just wiping with lettuce here. (laughs) Why did we run out of lettuce and kale at the store? Oh, man. We need to start the episode soon so that I can tell you my toilet paper story. All right. We're going (laughs) to bumper this episode with coronavirus and toilet paper. I love it. Yes. Oh, you were stealing toilet paper from school, weren't you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The big rolls there, the big industrial uncomfortable rolls. Sorry. That's uh, tangentially related to my story, kind of. Hey. Listen to you use a math term, tangential. Hey. <laughs> Means it touches the circle, but doesn't go in the circle. That's right. Just, just at one curve. single point. Any curve. Or a curve. Oh, or an arc. Or an arc. Yep. Any, arc. any curve. Could be a parabolic curve, hyperbolic curve. 